It's the first 16 picks of the first ever Renner Ranks mock draft. And I've settled on who I believe is going to be QB3 in this upcoming class. And he's a top 10 pick. Let's get it. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Runner Ranks, your go-to daily ranks podcast. And thank you to all the everydayers out there for making Runner Ranks your first listen of the day. Don't forget, you can subscribe, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I am, of course, your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst over at The Messenger. And this mock draft will be up on The Messenger if you want a little more breakdown tomorrow, Wednesday December 5th, 6th, excuse me, today's December 5th. But until then, you're going to have to listen to this podcast to find out the first 16 picks. So let's get right into it with the first overall pick where the Chicago Bears own it. And I have them obviously going from the Carolina Panthers from that wild trade we saw go down a year ago to secure them Bryce Young. I have them drafting Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. We're going to debate him and Drake May all pre-draft season. I have them going Caleb Williams specifically for the Chicago Bears. One, because it's super close, right? It's going to be an eye of the beholder, whoever it is. But two, because if they don't want to trade away Justin Fields going into year four of his rookie contract, and there may not be a massive market to trade him away, you have close enough skill sets that there's no difference in the offense you're running with either of those two guys, whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. So Caleb Williams, coming from the offense he has had at USC, Oklahoma, doesn't necessarily have to be thrown to the fire then. You can give Justin Fields next year to see what he has under a new head coach, more likely than not here, and still develop Caleb Williams in the meantime, and then say Justin Fields turns out to be great, and Caleb Williams is great instead. Well, then you have your best-case scenario there, right? Then you have a guy, an asset in Justin Fields that you can possibly move on for, or you can move on from Caleb Williams if Justin Fields really is that good. But I think that would tip the scales even for like me with how close I feel like these guys are towards someone like Caleb Williams, just because then you can develop them at the same time. And it wouldn't necessarily mean giving up on a guy in Justin Fields. Who's so talented, but obviously has had not the start to his career. Many would have hoped there in Chicago. So I don't foresee them trading that I'm one overall pick. Should they get it? I think these quarterbacks are too good. Now, if you get the same deal you got from Carolina Panthers last year, which I don't think anyone will after how they saw the Carolina Panthers, how that turned out for them. But if you do, yeah, you have a ton of needs in this roster. You could stand to add more talent than just one quarterback, but you still do need that one quarterback. So I think I'd go Justin Fields if, excuse me, Caleb Williams, if I was them. So up next in this top 16, obviously New England Patriots on the clock, they're going quarterback. I don't think this is any secret here. I don't foresee them building around Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi anytime soon. If they did, I think they'd have a revolt on their hands in New England. I have them going Drake May, North Carolina quarterback. No real brainer here. Six foot four, 230 pounds. Flip on the tape this year, and he's the most NFL projectable guy in this class. He does a lot of the things in terms of winning from the pocket, in terms of winning with his eyes, in terms of throwing guys open, being able to create out of structure, being able to create within structure. Maybe he doesn't have high-end arm talent, but definitely a plus NFL arm. There's just so much to like about his game. 
that I think if he gets in a better situation, because he's not playing behind a great offensive line there. Yeah, he has probably solid receivers by NFL standards, but it's not the world beaters that we're used to some of these prospects nowadays coming out with some of these, you know, high end prospects, uh, you know, definitely not what Bryce Young or CJ Stroud were working with at times over the course of their collegiate careers. So not going to then put up the numbers that are kind of close to those guys, but his numbers are still pretty darn good in their own right. 4,200 yards last year, 3,600 yards this year, over 60 touchdowns over that span. Doesn't put the ball in harm's way that much. I know he had nine picks this year, but PFF had him charged with only 10 turnover where he plays. So I'm not worried about that whatsoever. And if you're in the Patriots, you're thanking your lucky stars that at the number two overall pick, a guy like this is on the board for you. At number three, I've said this before, picks one, two, three are, I would be floored if they are any other combination of these three, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then number three, Arizona Cardinals, Marvin Harrison Jr., the Ohio State wide receiver. We don't have to beat a dead horse. Trevor Sigma, when he came on and ranked the wide receivers with us, I think he put it better than and more succinctly than anyone else could have. He said, put four inches and 20 pounds onto Marvin Harrison Sr. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. That's just who he is as a prospect, man. I mean, there's so much to like. I think his pure vertical speed gets almost underrated. The guys hit 22 miles per hour in the GPS at times of the course of his high state career. He has real deal wheels. So he's really any level of the defense he can win at. He's, and if you're the Arizona Cardinals trying to find some help for Kyler Murray, this one is, in my opinion, a no, no, no brainer. The last two years for Harrison. This year, 1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns. Last year, 1,263 yards, 14 touchdowns. Everyone knows, right? Everyone knows that every Ohio State game, it's going to him. Still does not matter. Still does not matter. He's that good. All right. Next up, Washington Commanders. I have them going. Penn State, left tackle, Olu Fashanu. The redshirt junior, fourth-year tackle coming out of Penn State. Could have declared last year, decided to come back to Penn State. Still super young, though, will be a 21-year-old rookie, which for a fourth-year guy, rare to say. In pass protection, his traits are right up there with the best I've scouted. Obviously, been doing this since 2015 draft with PFF. Um, the best I've probably seen in terms of just pure pass protection over that span, who looked the most fluid, the most agile, who had the best feet, was Laramie Tunsil. Now, obviously, he fell to the teens because of the gas mask bong, infamous gas mask bong. But Olu Fashanu is right up there with him, which is how easily he moves. It's not a matter of if he becomes a high-end pass-protecting tackle in the NFL. It is when. And if you're the Washington Commanders, stay in that offensive line. And I know a lot of it's the interior there for them. But they, you, you have a guy like that on the board, you take him, right? You take him, especially with how Sam Howell holds the ball in that offense and now he's been better of it late but still Olu Fashano, in my opinion that's a run the card in situation for the Washington Commanders all right number five Chicago Bears now on the clock and this one they already went Caleb Williams at one this one might be a little bit of a call but I'm going to bat that this guy is going to be a lock top six pick in this draft I would be absolutely floored if anything else happens to the contrary and it is LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. You watch this guy's tape, and now he should win, for my money, the Blitnikoff Award. This Blitnikoff voter, I'm trying my best to get him the award. 
because he was out of this world this year. 86 catches, 1,545 yards, 14 touchdowns. The single most dynamic player in college football. Now, Marvin Harrison's the best wide receiver. He does wide receiver things the best. This guy's the best athlete. To me, he's, he's in rarefied air with how he moves as just a pure athlete. Like it's it's in the Jalen Waddle-esque tier, the Brandon Ayuk-esque tier of just they can at any direction, any time, cut, change, not lose speed, not lose any explosiveness. And you saw it. I mean, the last five games of the season, he went for 120-plus in every single game. The guy is just impossible to lock down. And he's not, you know, most of the guys we talk about in that realm of movement skills are you know, 5'11", 180, right? They're not big dudes. He's six foot 200. And now he's not, I wouldn't call him a physical six foot 200 by any means, but he bounces off contact still. Like after the catch, it still shows that he has some size to him. So if you're the Chicago Bears, able to pair him up with DJ Moore, those two in an offense with Caleb Williams is just a headache, right? It's, it's just something that is going to be difficult. There's too many options there, too much dynamism in one offense, that that would be a fun offense to watch. All right, before we get to the number six overall pick with the New York Jets on the clock. Today's podcast is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I know I was personally looking for tickets for Shane Gillis show that's here in April, maybe pulling the trigger on that one here soon, was looking at game time, saw the view from my seat, may very well happen here. Game time has the deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section, game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means they'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. That's game time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, on to the number six overall pick here. And I think these top six, are, I want—I don't want to say it's for sure set in stone. You never know what's going to happen. But these, to me, are clearly the best six players in this class. I'd be floored if it goes elsewhere. Because they're all positions that people want and need, right? And it's this is the New York Jets drafting Joe All Notre Dame offensive tackle. You, you like That's, to me, in the New York Jets, you got to win this next season with Aaron Rodgers. This is it. So that leaves either wide receiver or offensive tackle. If Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison Jr. off the board, which in this mock they are, that means we're going offensive tackle. And Joe Alt is an NFL-ready offensive tackle in every way, shape, or form, except for maybe his play strength. He needs to get a little bit stronger, but 6'8", 322, only five pressures allowed all this past season. I don't know if you believe in PFF grades. I'll quote his PFF grades here. 91.0 this past year, 91.4 as a sophomore. That's 
I mean, to be that good that early on in his career is not something we've seen since the PFS started grading collegiate tackle. So super high in him. Not a lot to dislike about his tape. You just may not have the elite tools that usually go this highly, but he has pretty darn good tools in his own right. Don't sleep on Joe Alt. Top six player in this class. No-brainer pick for the New York Jets at number six. All right, number seven. New York Giants now on the clock. They're, they're taking their way out of, sadly, prime move-up spot because I think after those top six, there's a little bit of a tier. But I think the guy they draft here, Dallas Turner, Alabama defensive end, I think he's darn good. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Um, not quite the caliber of prospect as Will Anderson is, but man, they, there's a lot of similarities. The build, six foot four, 242, long, explosive, flexible. I, I think he put on some really good tape the past two weeks against Auburn and Georgia. He's was bull rushing the Georgia left tackle, who I'm blanking on his name right now, repeatedly. And when you see a guy 242 being able to bull rush the way he does, that really makes you feel good about his projection to the next level. And you've seen the year-on-year improvement from him. 37 pressures last year to now 52 this year. He'll obviously now get the playoff game against Michigan to really up that draft stock. But I think he's pretty solidified into, at worst, a top 15 pick. But I think he's going to end up a top 10 pick when all is said and done. And for the New York Giants, you're just targeting valuable positions. If there's not a quarterback you like here, and we'll talk about the quarterbacks here in a second, if there's not one you like here, you go wide receiver, you go pass rusher, right? Or offensive tackle maybe because you kick Evan Neal inside. That, that's that's where the draft is strong at the top. So you're in luck. All right, number eight, Tennessee Titans. I have them going Alabama offensive tackle, J.C. Latham. A real no-brainer situation in my eyes. Should he be on the board? He is the strongest offensive line in college football. That's not up for debate. We won't even debate that. He is six foot six, 360 pounds. He's like if his game really reminds me of Tyler Smith. And it's like if Tyler Smith didn't kick inside to guard, it would probably look a lot like JC Latham. His hands are so strong. I mean, it's everything about this guy strong. Massively built human being. Some of the larger hands, I can't wait to see like what his hands measure in it because they're mass. They're like you can, they stick out on tape with how big they are. And maybe not the single, you know, maybe not this world beater and pass protection just yet. Two years as a starter at the right tackle for Alabama, but the traits are there to be a plus pass protector. If you're the Tennessee Titans, their bread and butter, they care about the run game more so than everything else. They play action all day, every day with their passing game. So that's not as quite as big a deal. And in that scheme, I'm not sure there's better off tackle in this class for them than JC Latham. That guy can move people against their will so a pick that one of those three tackles on the board for the tennessee titans they're going them they're going with them all right number nine new orleans saints now on the clock i have them going layatu latu the ucla defensive end and boy is this guy an absolute just technician as a pass rusher so a little background on him 2019 season Freshman year, Washington plays 215 snaps, has a neck injury in the spring, forced to medical retire from Washington. Still wants to play ball, though, right? Ghost transfers to UCLA. UCLA doctors clear him. Comes on 2022. First time he's played in three years. 65 pressures, 12 sacks. If if it would not have, you know, had not been that closely removed to all his off-field stuff, one full season of playing time, he would have been a slam dunk first-round pick last year, right? But all those off-field things, I think, 
forced him to come back to UCLA, basically saying, hey, do it one more time, proving to stay healthy, get one more year away from that, and prove that 2022 tape wasn't a fluke. Boy, was it not a fluke. 64 pressures this year is just as, if not more, unblockable than he was a year ago. He's kicking inside, outside. His skill set in terms of like pass rushing moves is arguably better than like the Bosa's were coming out. He's probably the most refined pass rusher I've seen at the collegiate level since, again, I started doing this 2015 draft. Dude's got it all. And maybe he's not a high-end athlete, but he's 6'5", 265. So there's some power behind his hands. There's some size there. There's uh, a lot to work with as a pass rusher. And then it's just like, he's so skilled that I don't see how it doesn't work out for him at the next level. So yeah, Latu Latu to the New Orleans Saints. They just need, they just need talent, right? They need cheap talent. <laughs> they need valuable positions. So they don't have to pay all these people anymore in New Orleans, but they really just need a reset. All right. Number 10 pick now Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. And here's the third quarterback. I tease it off the top. Bo Nix out of Oregon. I think he's going to be quarterback three. I've grounded, grinded, I've ground. I've ground the tape on him and Jaden Daniels. Not quite all of it, but how many games? Six games of each. I got through a lot of tape on both because I was the QB three debate. I, I just, I don't see it being JJ McCarthy with how little he's been asked to do in that Michigan offense. You're really flipping a coin. I, I think he may come back to school because of it. And because like he comes back to school, there's NIL money waiting for him and he could be an even higher pick next year. Shadur Sanders, I think is coming back to school as well. Michael Penix with his injury history is just, I don't think he's going to be QB three, right? I don't think people are going to take a chance on a guy like that. And especially when you have a funky throwing motion, he's just going to fall down boards. And so Daniels versus Knicks. Nick's is just more physically gifted, right? Nick's has, I think that's the thing that gets underrated with this guy because again, it's, it's very much Herbert-esque in that offense. He's dinking and dunking. It's a lot of planned underneath stuff. A lot of, I mean, his average depth of target this past year is only 6.9 yards on the football field. So when he's not turning the ball over, not throwing picks, it's not too surprising, but you watch what he can do outside of structure on the move. And now he still drifts in pockets too much. But he has a cannon and is accurate when he's on the run. He can really get out and run. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the four fives. And just the improvement. Every single year, you saw something, a part of his game, get better. And when a guy's getting better with high, high-end NFL type of tools, I, I just I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I truly do. I think his tape this year was that good. And, and the Washington game, for as much as – the Oregon offense struggled as much as, you know, obviously they end up losing that one. I don't think he played poorly for sure the first time around. And the second time around, it really wasn't that many plays that he left on the football field. It's just Washington was the better team. So, yeah, Bo Nix, Tampa Bay Buccaneers need their obvious for Tampa Bay. And the player, I think I'm bought in. I think I would take him that highly. I truly do. There's a really is a lot to like about his game at this point in time. All right, before we get to picks 11 through 16 here, today's podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape 
from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones got sick with a supply chain issue that kept them from their life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, picks 11 through 16. Here we go. Las Vegas Raiders on the clock. Pick 11. I have them going Nate Wiggins, the Clemson cornerback. I just think this guy's going to be the first cornerback off the board because he truly is the most impressive mover in this cornerback class. And that tends to go highly, right? CJ Henderson, if you recall, was a top 10 pick based off of the fact that he just could move at a different level. Now, could he play the cornerback position? Well, eh. Not then, still not now. But Nate Wiggins, that dude can. Uh, he has really good ball skills. He's six foot two, 185 pounds, can high point in the air at the catch point this season. 18 catches, 41 targets, only 176 yards. There really is a lot to like about his game, besides not super physical, not really a good tackler. So certain schemes going to like him. TBD on what the Vegas Raiders are going to be running next year defensively, but it's the man cover, the sticky skill sets that goes highly. He has a sticky skill set. On to number 12, Los Angeles Chargers. I have them going Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end. To me, it's more I have them falling to here in this class because the rest of this class is so good that are you going to pick a tight end over more valuable positions? I mean, think about everyone that's come off the board so far. Quarterback, wide receiver, offense tackle, pass rusher, and now one cornerback prior to him. And it's because the Las Vegas Raiders, after drafting Michael Mayer last year, I probably aren't going to go Brock Bowers. Now, if you want a little, I'm not even going to mention the names, but you know the New England Patriots back in the day. If you want a little bit of that, by all means, go Brock Bowers there as well. But I just don't see it quite happening. So that's why I have him going here. He would make a lot of sense. He's in, you know, like Gerald Everett plus plus, right? Very similar skill set in what they bring to the table athletic yak weapons, maybe not your typical red zone threat of go up and get a guy. He's only six, four, only two forty, but I think he's perfect for Justin Herbert because his ball skills, his ability to adjust is so good. He'll handle a lot of those fireballs that charge drive shares right now. Can't right. They have the highest, they have so many, what is it like three games this year with six plus drops they've had, uh, just need someone with some reliability in that offense. Brock Bowers is that guy. All right, on to pick 13 here. I have the Buffalo Bills, possibly a controversial one, going wide receiver, Rome Odunze out of Washington. I think it's quite obvious that Gabe Davis is just in the okay tier. I don't think we're ever going to see that breakout that everyone was hoping we'd see from him. And at this point, I don't know if you can plan on long-term Stefan Diggs being there. He's 30 years old. Now, he is under contract through 2027. However... His cap hits in the next few years are insane. $27 million next year, $27 million in 2025, $28 million in 2026. 
Is a 33-year-old Stefan Diggs going to eat $28 million against the Bills cap? I don't think so. So I do think there is an out somewhere in that time span. But even if there's not, if you're the Buffalo Bills, light up scoreboards. How do you make it through the AFC right now? Light up scoreboards. I said it last from the draft of Dalton Kincaid. I'll say it this year. Draft yourself. If this is where you're picking, if you do end up missing the playoffs now, obviously a lot to be happening between now and then. If they do end up picking 13th, I'd be really surprised. But if you do, get you a weapon. Go for jugglers. All right, pick 14. Denver Broncos on the clock. I have them going Oregon State, right tackle, Taliesa, Fuaga. If you go back and think about kind of the offensive lineman that Sean Payton coveted over his time with New Orleans Saints, they look a lot like Fuaga. He loved the jumbo guys. He loved the people movers on the line of scrimmage that held those strong pockets for his quarterbacks. Maybe it doesn't matter as much if they lose kind of quickly, which Fuaga may be prone to. Doesn't have the most fleet of foot, but he is a brick wall that you're not going to push back into the pocket. Plays with great posture. Massive breakout player this past year for Oregon State. Given the state of Mike McGlinchey's performance, I think you'd want to upgrade there. Now, again, the contract they signed him to was pretty brutal. I, I was one of the worst uh, that I've seen. Maybe going to be difficult for them to move on from, but even, even so, you can't just keep throwing a guy out there who's, you know, at times been a liability for them this season. So that you kind of have had to protect in certain games here. That's uh, not great. And even if that is the case, you can start Fuaga on the inside to start with and then kick him out to tackle in the future, similar to you know when the New Orleans Saints drafted Andrew Pete as a top 15 pick. All right, 15th overall pick, Seattle Seahawks on the clock. I have them going Florida State defensive end, Jared Verse. Now, I think you hit on Boye Mafe. I love his what he's the jump he's made from year one to year two here. That's about it, though, on the edge position for the Seattle Seahawks. You have a Chetan Wosu who is out for the season with a torn pec. Will come back. How effective will he be? TBD. But I do think even if he does come back to full strength, Derek Hall, Daryl Taylor, you know, your second round picks of late, they're not quite cutting it. And it's a, such an important position especially in the division they're in, that you're going to have to keep investing there. And a guy like Jared Verse, far more NFL-ready than Hall ever was, than Taylor ever was. I think he's a higher floor, one of the higher floor edges in this draft class. And so you know you're getting an impact player at pick 15. That leaves pick 16 with the Seattle Seahawks divisional rival. Los Angeles Rams on the clock, finally drafting one in the first round since first time since Jared Goff got picked number one overall here. I have him going Chop Robinson, the Penn State defensive end. If you don't know much about Chop Robinson, he is maybe the most athletic player in the draft class. Now, Malik Neighbors is up there, but it's, this guy is a freak, man. Six foot three, 250. He's probably the closest mover on the edge I've seen to Micah Parsons. And now, obviously, that's a little bit of helmet scouting, but he did start his career at Maryland. So, first year at Maryland, last two years at Penn State. He's so twitched up, man. I believe he was top three on Bruce Selman's freaks list. Runs in the four fours at 6'3", 250. Lateral agility off the charts. Now, doesn't quite know what he's doing rushing the passer. But I just think you put him across from Byron Young, the rookie out of Tennessee, who himself ran a 4-4. And you just have such an athletic edge duo that it's going to create so many mismatch problems for opposing offensive tackles. It's like, hey, which one, you know, which offensive tackle can't mirror that we're facing this time? Oh, look. <laughs> That guy's going to go off, you know? That's just so much speed on the edge. And when you have a guy in Aaron Donald in the interior, 
I think that's a scary, that's like kind of what the Cowboys have built, right? This just speed demon of a defensive line that when you stunt those guys, it just is chaotic. It's so chaotic. And that's, that's something that, again, Chop Robinson may not, you know, if you ask him to go one-on-one against an offensive tackle consistently, may not be ready to contribute at the NFL level just yet. But you ask him to stunt inside, loop around, that dude will get home in a hurry. He'll just beat offensive guards, offensive centers to the spot. And it won't take pass rushing chops, right? It won't take a complete skill set to really make an impact in that defense. So there you have it. There are your top 16 picks. Tomorrow's podcast, we will be doing picks 17 through 32. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to go check out the full article over on themessenger.com. Until then, you've been listening to Run the Ranks, part of Lockdown Network, your team every day.